on Inside the NRL. Turbo and Gerbo join us in studio to talk all things manly. Plus, does a fractured tibia for Robbie Farah ruin all chances of finals footy for the Tigers? And after a week where social and racial abuse went way too far, NRL players respond. Yeah, a bit of disappointing abuse from a minority of NRL fans over the weekend. We will get to that momentarily. But first up, happy Women in League round. It's official NRL round where we celebrate all the women in our game, officials, players and, of course, the volunteers. Great to have it back, gents. Certainly is, certainly is. And, of course, we had the women's uh, grand finals in New South Wales and Queensland. We had West Panthers win in Queensland and Newcastle. Sarah Newcastle beat Mounties on Saturday night. Definitely. It's a great initiative and we love to have it every year. Also, we have Tom and Jake Devojevic joining the show to talk about the Manly Seagulls as they sit fifth on the ladder. And we also have a quick quiz to test the brothers. We'll see how they go. Stay tuned. But moving on, Michael, out of West Tigers camp, we do have an injury update. Moses Embai and Robbie Farrell. What's the latest there? Yeah, some massive news out of the West Tigers. Moses Zembai's season could be over. That hip flexor injury he suffered against the Bulldogs on the weekend is worse than originally feared. He's undergoing uh, laser, oh, sorry, pl plasma treatment on that. He gets some blood withdrawn today and he'll um, get some injections over the next 24 to 48 hours to make sure or to aid his recovery and try and play again this regular season. Uh, the, the Tigers fear that it could be season over. With these injections, they're hoping he might be right for the last round against Cronulla at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, but a massive news for Cronulla, for the Tigers on the back of Robbie Farrar, potentially also career-ending as well with that fractured tibia. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big blow for the West Tigers ahead of this clash against Manly on the weekend, but he'll be racing the clock to skip and get back again. Those plasma injections, that's pretty serious. Yeah, look, they, they tend to aid recovery and try to you know, speed up that healing process. So Embi is doing everything possible to be ready in time when he gets called back in, potentially round 25, the last round of the year. If not, if they make the finals, then week one of the finals. But there's a possibility we may have seen the last of Moses Zembai for the rest of the season. So it's a, it's a massive loss for the Tigers. Huge. And Moses has been fantastic in how he's been able to deal with adversity this year, being shifted around, all the talk of possibly being moved on. But Robbie Farrow, that's a huge loss. If, if they can't, if he can't come back in the next couple of weeks, and you wouldn't think with a fractured tibia he does, their, their season's over. Yeah. He spoke about at his retirement uh, announcement pushing his body to the limit, getting work on it every single day, twice a day. With a fractured tibia, you're out for at least six weeks. Is it unfair for him to then come back and play if they do make the finals, Jane? Well, they've got a decision to make because on Saturday night, he, he tried to play on. He just wasn't at his best. He limped around for a little bit. So you can see here, Lachlan Lewis just gets him you're tangled up in, a, in an awkward tackle. Uh, but they've got a decision to make. If, if Robbie says he's right to go, he's got enough clout to be able to tell the coach he's, he's right to go. But... If they think that he has to go through a fitness test and he doesn't come up, which they will do, then they have to look at their stocks and possibly a Jacob Little, possibly yeah. move some people around. He'll tell them. Robbie will be the one who makes the decision. Yeah, they'll give him every opportunity to play. Let's be fair, Inkham, he, he probably won't play until that last round if he is right, which is a huge game against the Sharks. Could determine who makes the eight and who doesn't. So that'll be left up to Robbie Farrow, I imagine, to get himself right. But the interesting thing for me is... To me, it opens the door for Josh Reynolds to come back into the team somewhere, but apparently he won't be picked. He'll play New South Wales Cup again. Do you think that's the right call? Is that someone they need? Is he someone they need these last four weeks to inject that energy, especially with Jacob Little defending in the middle for 80 minutes? A huge ask. If you, well, he might not if Elijah Taylor's there. Yeah, well, Josh Reynolds needs to be in the team. <laughs> if Robbie Farrow's not there, he brings energy, enthusiasm. Plus, he's been able to. He's shown he's a good defender, so he'd be able to defend for 15, 20 minutes to be able to give Jacob Little a rest. I think it'd be crazy not to play Josh Reynolds ahead of. 
you know, what could be his last game, last couple of games for the West Tigers, maybe moving in the off-season. But, yeah, you, you pick your best team. And if Michael Maguire, to his credit, if he doesn't think that Josh, Magu- uh, Josh Reynolds is in his best 17, then he doesn't pick him. But I would think that he comes into calculations. One, one person who will be in the 17, the young... Tommy Talao, the son of the Willie Talao, former Bulldogs player. He'll make his debut by all reports uh, this week with Moses Zembai set to miss the game. So okay. I haven't seen much of him. He's yeah, got a lot of raps player. on the young Yeah, kid. he's been scoring tries in Canterbury Cup and he's had the last for a while now. So very, very strong. Exciting. Hopefully both those gents will no doubt put in all the uh, required rehab. But also Jesse Ramian, has he been talking to a new club? What's the latest there, Michael? Yeah, look, he spoke to the Bulldogs and Sharks last week. I think you'll, you'll find he'll meet with the Cowboys this week to, to sort out his future and where he possibly goes. And there's no, you mentioned it last week on the show, the Cowboys haven't got it right in their backs in terms of their recruitment. Been a bit unlucky with Ben Barber and Valentine Holmes, but they need to bolster their depth out wide. There isn't a lot of potency in their back line, so they'll meet with Ramian and potentially try to lure him North Queensland. I, I think this will be a good fit for the Cowboys, given, as we said, they haven't got a lot of strike out wide, do they, Jamie? No, they don't, but is, uh, I think he's got a young family as well that he'll have to consider. That's mm. what, part of the reason why I went to Newcastle. So if he does go up there, I hope he you know, goes up there happy so that we don't see the situation again, what's happened with Newcastle. So uh, he'll get the right coin going up there and you're sure that you know, he'll be a force outside Michael Morgan for years to come, hopefully. Of course. All right. Now to talk about a different issue, one that we all feel quite strongly about, and that's social media abuse and also racial abuse that's happening in our game over the weekend we did see a few incidents and it was really disappointing to see um, Latrell Mitchell was racially abused and we do have breaking news that the NRL Integrity Unit is investigating that but we also saw um, Paul Mavrosky miss his uh, kicking conversion and also copped um, a whole heap of abuse on social media as well as Josh Maguire who has since deleted his Instagram after um, death threats from social media. Gents, this is completely uncalled for but how do we stop it happening from in our game? Well, I don't know. It surprised me that it's still happening. Some people out there, obviously... Does uh, it, though? Well, it... it Does it really you see all this awareness? It no, it isn't, because these are coming from the minority, and unfortunately, it's tarnishing... A lot of people use social media for good, and players included. They interact with fans, and the fans are quite respectful. But there are a minority who take the opportunity to abuse players, and unfortunately, I don't know what we can do to stop it completely, because, as you know, Jamie, you, you went through it your whole career. People just want to abuse you for the sake of... Uh, yeah, still five minutes it. of fame. You still, still go through it. Look, the, what people need to realise is it's just a game and these people have lives outside of footy and you can judge a player by what's going on in the middle of the field. But when you start getting personal and racial, that's when players, they, they wonder why they do, you know, why they interact with fans and fans get upset. It's just a game. No one needs to take it personally. The racial abuse that Latrell Mitchell has copped is embarrassing to that person that it still goes on in 2019. And for people to, to take to Paul Momorowski about missing a kick, well, how do you think? He feels bad enough. He doesn't need people jumping on social media and having their say. And for the death threats to come with Josh Maguire, it's absolutely ridiculous. The people involved in saying that stuff should be ashamed to call themselves rugby league fans because rugby league is the working man's game. And we understand how passionate fans are. Every player will tell you that we can't have a game without fans. But for the fans out there that wreck it for everyone else, they just, you can't, well, I can't say what they want to say, but they're, they're wrecking it for everyone else off the back of a small amount of people that just want to take to social media and abuse these players past the game. Mm. All right? It's, 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 it's upsetting and it's embarrassing to, to those people and their families as well. So I don't blame the NRL stepping in. I hope the, the players are starting to stick together more. You've seen the social media outcry with Latrell Mitchell's situation and you hope that those guys are doing okay mentally. But for people to take it into their own hands, it's embarrassing to those people. Yeah, I, I hate, well, sorry, Katie, I hate the fact that we're actually talking about this because it gives it oxygen. It does. It gives these guys 
who are abusing players their five minutes of fame. And I, we're not showing anything that was said. But Well, you know what? I, I figured out the word I want to say. They're grubs. <laughs> because everyone comes out and says that someone does something in the game and, oh, he's a grub. You're the grub that's making it worse. You're the grub that feels like you have your two cents to say. And I still cop it on social media. I interact with the fans on Twitter all the time. But for someone to take time out of their day to jump behind a keyboard and feel like they have the clout to be able to come in and say their two cents with without saying it to my face, then that's, that shows how much of a coward you really are. To hide behind your keyboard, have your say, and not be able to say it to your face. Do you have an issue? I, I want to defend those who actually engage in and are critical of players based on performance. Do you have an issue with people who say, you know, like Ben Hunt, Dragons fans have been up, up against Ben Hunt for the last 18 months about performance or being critical of decisions in regards to on-field. Is that okay? Is there a, is there a line There's there a that's line. acceptable? There's a line, and I feel like I've, I've been on the line all year. I don't waver. If I have an opinion, if I feel like someone's had a bad game, I comment on the game. I don't comment on the personal situation. Ben Hunt has been under pressure this year. He gets more focus, more attention, because he's one of the highest-paid players in the game. Now, the Dragons are one of the biggest clubs. I've, I've been under that mm. pressure. So I think when I'm commenting in my media career, I'm speaking from a former player's point of view who copped abuse, who still cops abuse, for playing days, had to go through one of the biggest clubs in doing that, and then comes into the media and still yeah. cops it. So I'd like to think I've got the right balance. Yes, sometimes we probably do go too far, but at the end of the day, we are paid to have our comments. I think on this panel, we do them respectfully. We don't make it personal on any of the players, but we do it respectfully to be able to make sure that we do cover the game and that we do get our point across without being disrespectful to the players. I think it's important that we aren't disrespectful to anyone because you need to be really careful, and as fans, you need to be careful not to overstep the mark because you don't know what's happening in somebody else's life and you don't know what they're dealing with outside. You think they're living their dream and they are and they're very happy to be doing that. But if you're responsible for saying something that may tip them over the edge, it would be pretty hard to live with yourself. So make sure you're careful. And when the NRL Integrity Unit is investigating racial comments on Latrell Mitchell, Todd Greenberg has come out and now and just said that there is no place at all. These comments are disgusting. They have no place in our game. What uh, Todd loves about rugby league is the diverse cultures and backgrounds and it brings people together. The heritage of our players it what is what makes our game so special. Um, and Latrell Mitchell is such a huge player in our game. It's 2019. Yes, he's an Indigenous Australian, but there is no place for racism whatsoever. And it'll be interesting to see if um, we can get to the bottom of this as the NRL and educate people, like he talks about, League in Harmony and Indigenous Rounds are so important to educate that next generation about inclusion, which is one of the NRL pillars. Um, and we don't just have to say this because we are an NRL show. I just think we need to inform people and educate people how influential and how much impact their comments can have on players and the wider community. So be careful what you say. Um, the other one that we need to talk about is Josh Maguire. So his wife came out and uploaded a post over the weekend after it was alleged that he um, it was an eye gouge on David Fafita and she speaks about he has two beautiful children, he's a caring husband, um, but of late has been receiving death threat upon death threat. Countable threats of the most unthinkable things. Um, she's witnessing a bashing of a man who can only take so much. She's beyond sickened and disappointed and it needs to change. One of those threats was that Josh Maguire should stand in front of a bus and be run over so his kids don't have to grow up with Josh being his father. That is disgusting. How that comes out of somebody's mouth baffles me. Mm. Think before you type, please, people. Um, and then, of course, Paul Momorowski. It was just, it's unnecessary. And I know there's people watching our show right now 
And they could be laughing and going, ah, it doesn't hurt them. They're men, they're tough. Yeah, Josh Maguire has made a couple of mistakes in his game. And yes, he is a forward and comes across as somebody who is strong, bold and, and big and scary. But he has a heart and two legs. Like, he's a human like the rest of us and has feelings. Yeah, well, look, he's painted as the villain on the field. And, and, and to a certain extent, you can see that reputation he's got is, you know, in regards to what he's done over the field. He's sort of... It's justifiable, but to come out and then take it to the next level, you know, to, to say that he's an aggressive player and he, and he, and he tests you know, the border there with players and what he says, and we all know that, but then go over the top, I feel, as we said, you, you can judge someone on what they do on the field, but going off that, and then there's some of the stuff that Katie said earlier. Yeah, I, I don't think any player in the NRL would, would ever, unless it gets personal, would ever approach a, a person in the media and say, you know, you, you unfairly judge me on a game, unless they've had, had a run-in before, but what we're getting to now is people say, why do you give this air? Why do you... Well, we're giving air to expose those people to get them out of the game because they're wrecking it for everyone else. And that, per that person who wrote that or said that, they probably have a family too. How would they feel if someone was saying that to them or threatening them with death threats? So as Josh Maguire, yes, he has made a few mistakes this year and he's probably not proud of those. He plays the game right on the border. But... Yeah, for, for them to go to the next level and overstep the line, we're seeing it too much. I hope they get... You know what, the NRL, if they find out who they are and they do have an NRL membership, they should cancel it on the spot. They should be banned for life from not attending any games again. Make a tough stance. If you want to be the NRL and you want to make a tough stance on, on getting these people out of the game and not risking our players and making sure the product is indestructible, ban these people for life from the game, make sure they're not allowed into any stadiums again, that will quickly stamp out the people that think it's alright to go on socially, uh, social media and abuse these players. I, I agree with you, Jamie. I think it's really important that people are educated as well. I think um, a lot of it comes from people just not thinking before they say, so please be careful. Uh, now, we do have Tom and Jake Dvojevic joining us on the show very soon, but first let's hear what their teammate Joel Thompson had to say on the issue. Yeah, honestly, it's it burns. It, it really hurts uh, to see comments like that. Um, you know, it's just not good enough, eh? And um, I, I retweeted it, and uh, and I and I was just hurt by what was said to the Latrell, and it needs to stop. You know, it, it brings up you know deep hurt there. That's you know the racism has happened to his parents, to his grandparents, to to our people over over time, and and it brings up different emotions and. Uh, you'd think in 2019 it would stop, but unfortunately it hasn't. And I hope um, the bloke that's that put that put that message out there needs to be held accountable. I hope that his boss or his family, you know, hold him accountable. And he he's, he hasn't got a job, and he needs to be, um, you know, rubbed out of the game if he's involved with any in any clubs. A lot of players have gone out in support, like yourself, of Latrell. How important is it for players to jump on board and, and call out those trolls? Yeah, we need to come together there and, and call it out. And I put up a tweet and said, you know, the wider community, not just Indigenous players or people, and needs to be the wider community that stop these conversations. So if you're in a conversation something racist has been said, you need to stop that there and pull them up. And, um, you know, we need to continue it so we can stop what's being said and these people can be held account uh, for what's, what, what, you know, it's hate speech really it's and it needs to stop you've got the mindset project so you know how important it is to have good mental health what kind of damage can those comments do on someone's well-being yeah it's um you know it can have a big effect on people's well-being and um you know i, I just know personally um you know comments like that just you know you think we're moving forward in today's age but you just got knocked back a fair bit you know seeing what people have said like that and uh, it needs to stop and you know it, it's Again, it's just not good enough. 
Yeah, strong words from the back row. Joining us to talk more on it is Jake and Tom Dravojevic. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. How are you going? Thanks for having me. I'm well, I'm well. Um, now, both of you, have you ever copped uh, social media abuse? And if so, how have you dealt with it? No, I've been, we've been pretty lucky, I think. Haven't yeah. had, You're both uh, pretty lovable characters, eh? Yeah, haven't, haven't had too much, but obviously I'm um, saying that's very, very disappointing. You know, you've got blokes out there, you know, doing their best for their clubs and, you know, on the highlight reel, someone like Latrell Mitchell, you know, all the, all the little kids love him and then, um, you know, stupid people like that, you know, they need to grow up. They, they definitely shouldn't be in the game. Yeah, yeah, good words. Uh, let's talk football, I reckon. Fifth on the ladder, this time last year, you were 12th. Must feel pretty good. Yeah, it's obviously <laughs> a much better position to be sitting. Um, you know, we came into this season, I don't think many people expected much from us, but we knew we, you know, we had a footy side that, um, you know, could, could win some games and it's uh, been you know, really good to do that. You know, it's a disappointing one on the weekend, but we got Tigers this Thursday night back at home, so it'll be a big one for us. What did you expect, Tom? Because the start of the year, we'd sort of, most people had Manly outside the eight. Coach changed, there was a lot of question marks over Des Hasler and what he can and could still do as a coach. What did you think coming into the year was realistic in regards to Manly and what they could achieve? Well, I, I knew we, well, I knew we could play finals footy. I knew we had, you know, the right squad to, to be able to do that. I think when you, you look through the players that we uh, have, you know, we've got, you know, Terry Evans, you know, Marty Tapao, and Finnell Blake, got players that have played for their country, and um, you know, it wasn't the best year for us last year, but I think the way you know Des has brought everyone together and everyone's, you know, putting their best foot forward and playing some good footy, it's, um, it's great to see. Jake, what did you learn about loss on the weekend against New Zealand? Because you went over there pretty confident, uh, flying high. What did you guys take out of that that you need to improve going into finals? Yeah, it was a real frustrating one. Obviously, you said we, we were pretty confident going out there. We'd had a few good weeks on the run. And then, um, yeah, I think one thing was patience. I think we were down down their line for you know long periods of time. We probably sort of didn't... Yeah, we weren't patient or we kicked early a couple of times and they went dead. And it was just about need to build pressure a little bit more and that sort of thing. But... We've been working really hard this week and hopefully um, we can turn around uh, this Thursday against the Tigers. A lot of questions around you guys and a lot of headlines around both of your futures at the moment. Can we talk about where that's at? Has actually anything happened? Have you sat down with them at the club in regards to where you're at beyond the end of 2020? No, nah, no, nah, we, we, ha we haven't at the moment. Obviously, um, we've got you know, the rest of this year and next year, so it's not really, not really on our minds too much. We just want to you know, try, try and play some good footy to finish off the year and it's exciting. You know, the club's in a really good place at the moment, so we're hoping that we can you know, keep, keep improving and hopefully we're there, we're there at the back end of the year and um, yeah, it'll all sort itself out. Is there so any, I, I want to talk about the top teams. How far are you guys off the top teams? Because I reckon a couple of weeks ago you guys were right there. That win in Melbourne, you know, that really set the tone. I thought this, this team can win the competition. Some holes started to appear on the weekend, tough trip to New Zealand. Where are you against the Roosters and the Melbourne Storm in, in a couple of weeks, in the big games? Yeah, I think we're still you know, a fair way off and you know, it showed on, on the weekend. As, as Jake said, we lacked patience and you know, we had the opportunities down their end but we weren't able to you know, execute um, the plays. But you know, when you look at those, those top you know, three, four sides, it's a consistency week in, week out to be able to you know, find a way to win. And, um, you know, we didn't do that on the weekend and, um, you know, you need to find that going in the back end of seasons because, you know, you need to, it's do or die when you come to finals footy, so you need to win and um, I think that's an area that we definitely need to improve on. How much has the Melbourne win taken out of the tank? Because you started slow against Newcastle, you ran home, big win at, at Brookie, but how much did that take out of the tank to be able to reload in a massive win for the club? Yeah, well, I think it obviously it was a tough game, 90 minutes down there, but then, um, 
you know, we, we played played really well there at Brookvale the next week against Newcastle, so we got a lot of confidence from that. I think I think it gave us a lot of confidence beating beating Melbourne. Obviously, they're the front runners of the competition. They're the you know the benchmark they have been all year, and to beat them down there was extremely exciting. I think all that you know the young players got a lot of confidence from it. But saying that, um, on the weekend, you know, proved that we've got to keep working working really hard. And you know, Desi um, never lets us get too far ahead of ourselves, so we've been doing that. And hopefully, hopefully this week we can turn it back around. I'm going back to contract talk. <laughs> oh, give him a rest. No, no, no. Because there's somebody on the panel who's clearly supporting that you guys are manly forever. Did you notice this? I didn't get the memo. Are you sure he's not manly 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 manager? <laughs> we got styled to together, so <laughs> yeah, great job, Tammy. Oh, in all seriousness, is it frustrating when we are, as journalists, keep asking you and you still have the rest of this year and all of next year? Yeah, look, it, it is, you know. You know, we were even getting it at the start of the year and it's, um, it feels like it's a long way away for the both of us and, you know, we don't we don't talk about it, we don't think about it, we're just happy to be at the club we're at and, um, you know, we really love it at Manly and, um, yeah, so it's it's obviously a little bit frustrating but I guess it comes with the, the game. With all, with all due respect, Tommy, no, with all, <laughs> with all due respect though, it's a reflection of where you guys stand in the game in terms of the interest around your futures because if you are to hit the open market on November 1, I imagine there'll be clubs lining up out the door to sign you both. So is there any appetite at all to look at what comes November 1? Or are you guys happy with where things are at Manly and they'll play out when they do? Yeah, look, um, oh, it's no lie. Look, I'm really happy playing at Manly. And I, look, I grew up in the area. I love the club and, you know, that's where you want to stay. But, um, look, we'll, I guess our manager can deal with everything when we cross that path. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to the next, you know, year and a half we've got here. As long as you've got more than give him a rest. Give him yeah. a rest. Even I can 50 50. Just a dollar more is enough. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's fair. Is there any more footy talk? Because we've got to get to a Travojevic quiz. Nah, let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's okay. Quiz. This is something that we prepared a little earlier. This is the Turbo Gerbo Travojevic quiz. <laughs> These are their nicknames that actually Jamie. Um, I'm, I'm not taking. I've just been pushing for Gerbo because I think yeah. Turbo gets a little bit too much credit. So. Yeah, that's fair. And then you have a younger brother, Ben, and he's nicknamed himself Burbo. Yeah, that's self appointed. Yeah. He reckons bigger, better, Benny Turbo. That's, oh! <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. All right. The first question is that, Jake, you have to tell me how many first grade games Tom has played. Oh. Mm. It's low 80s. 80, I'm going to go 84. Wrong. Six, 86. You yes, well done, Tom. Yeah. You know your own. Wow. Okay, Tom, how many has Jake played? What round are we in this week? Round 21. Round 22. Is it round 22? Yeah. You've missed half the season. You can't remember how many games have been played. No, he knows. He's 114. One one off. One off. He's one off. 113. Okay. That was supposed to be the easy question. Now you've got... Which forward in your... First one in, just say your name. Which forward in your team scored most tries? Jake. Yes. Oh, whoa, whoa, sorry. You've got to listen to Joel Thompson. Yep. By how many? Seven. Eight. Oh, my eight. gosh. No, you're wrong, Tom. Doesn't Seven, matter. eight. That's right, that's right. That wasn't you know, the question. The question Tom was, well done, Jerbo. <laughs> you know how I know? Because him and Curtis having a bet and they were talking about it today. I Tomo bet was, they were. Tom was carrying on today that he scored eight. No, nah, he's got seven. Seven. Good work, Jerbo. Well done. Thanks, Mark. Can we, can we Am I going again? No, 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 no. It's now it's... Everyone? Is this still buzzing? Jake's looking at the question. Okay, yeah. So... What is this question? This is a stitch-up. I have to ask it. Which manly player is the biggest pretty boy? Tom. Tom is. Tom is. He is, yeah. That's, a, that's the right answer. Whoa. <laughs> that's actually correct. 
I'll say no to answer. That was the most <laughs> right. stitched up. Answer your own question and got it right. <laughs> that was the buzzer. No, this is not the decider. There's still one more, but go that one. Who was the manly skipper in 1996. Okay. What year did your club win its last premiership? Tom. Yep. Okay. Go. Last premiership. What, what year? was the score? No, 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 no. That, that's coming. It was 2011. I know the score. Okay, that's great. Well, I'll, I'll look at 2008 score. Extra point if you know the opposition. Uh, Warriors. Hang on. Yeah. It's my. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. One all. <laughs> Comes down yeah, to who knows the score. And I'm going to say. 24-10. Yes. Yeah, me. Tom, All right, so Tom yeah. steals that. There you go, 4 2. <laughs> now, before we let you both go, thanks for participating in that. We'll have to bring that one back. Uh, it's Women in Leground, and you've got a very influential woman in your life, Melissa, who is your mum. And we have a few pictures that we'd like to show of you guys in your young <laughs> Tom, cracker. What was that? What was that for your Australian debut? Yeah, it was my debut, yeah. Aww. Oh, that was, um, that was Tom's oh, debut. That was the first game we played together. So that was, that was a cool, cool day down in uh, Albury. In Albury? Oh, yeah. You scored a couple, did you? Yeah, you got two, yeah. I did absolutely nothing for him. Yeah, but, I remember. Uh, yeah, Cam put him on a platter for him. Yeah, yeah Canberra down in Albury. You're always making your brother look good. <laughs> yeah. what, what's the best thing <laughs> about your mum? Why, why is she so influential? Oh, I think she was just so supportive of us, you know. Growing up, obviously, we all loved our footy, all, all four of us, and, you know, our parents took, took us everywhere, you know, supported us. Uh, hopefully we could, you know, reach our dreams, and it's awesome. You know, they're really... She's really proud of us, you know, these days, and you know, comes comes to every game and just loves it. Yeah. Oh, what about for you, Tom? You can't say the same thing as Jake. Yeah, I think what Jake said. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think um, um, you know she's was never really a footy fan. Like she was not a footy fan, you know, but um, she's come to love it because of us. You know, she was took us to you know training every you know night we needed to. She took us to every game, even though she probably didn't want to. So she's been been with us the whole journey, and she's she's come to love the game now she's one of our biggest fans and it's um you know we love her she's also sent in a question when are you moving out <laughs> never they <laughs> <laughs> should be honored <laughs> i bet she holds you both accountable too she like the backbone quite a strong woman yeah, oh, she's oh, like the Desi Hazler of the house. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How good. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck against the Tigers on Thursday night and even better luck for the finals footy. How exciting. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Thanks thank you. All right, now let's take a look at all the best tries from round 21. Green to Harris to Vita. Kicking on the fourth tackle. And now Marlow gets he's got the bounce. He scores! Well, that's great vision from Chanel Harris to So like Monty, the patience he had to wait till the ball sat up. You could see he wanted to wait for it to bounce to him. 
Just skipping across the field in front of Watkins, behind Arthurs, who cleans up, goes back to the Englishman. Watkins to Peachy, his second touch in this play. The ricochet for Rain to run at an angle. Jack's catch and pass. Stone beautifully picked up by Kelly. It's another wonderful Gold Coast try, finished by Philip Sammy. What about the hands? Absolutely incredible stuff there from round 21. Make sure you get amongst it. You can vote for the best try of the round at NRL.com. But let's get to Jamie's sweet or soured. You going to go hard or you going to go soft this week? Uh, yeah, I'm going soured this week. Okay. I, I just I did the game for 2GB on Saturday night between the Bulldogs and Tigers. And I think the NRL missed an opportunity to be able to have a double header at Bank West. We've got this brand new fantastic stadium with all the lights and whiz bang. I just want to be able to give more back to the fans. I don't think seeing 6,000 at Colgrove, 9,000 at ANZ, and then whatever the crowd was, I don't think it was too big. It wasn't a sellout, that's for sure, at Bank West. Being able to have those games in Sydney all on the same day and all over the place. So I think there's a real opportunity there from the NRL to have more double headers, to give more bang for your buck for fans. Because at the moment, unfortunately, a lot... Well, the NRL's tried some things this year with NRL Touch, and I understand that the players work very hard there, but fans want to see rugby league. Fans deserve deserve to see two games, whether it is a reserve grade, but I just think that clash there on Saturday night could have had four Sydney teams uh, being able to play at Bank West, a real opportunity missed. We need more doubleheaders. I like doubleheaders, but to defend the NRL a little bit, Jamie, we're talking about a fixture between three of the biggest Sydney clubs that you're talking, Para, Dogs and Tigers, and obviously the Knights were in there as well. If we have to get Bank West Stadium just to get those seats filled. That's pretty embarrassing, to be honest. They should be getting bigger crowds. And you can't schedule something in round 21 for a doubleheader at Bankwest between three powerhouse Sydney clubs if they're all doing well. I'm sorry, if, if the Tigers and the Bulldogs are doing well, that's 30,000 every day of the week. Same with the Eels. If they're, well, they're obviously going well. It holds well. 40,000. No, it and, holds But 30. the fact is, you're, it, they're not doing well. Yeah, but you can't, the NRL cannot predict at the start of the year. Well, six weeks happen. ago they could have moved it. You, they, 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 fans they want more the, for their bank the, for their the buck, The schedule is locked in. They we had 15,000 between... Listen, we had 15,000 between two stadiums. What was the crowd at Bank West? It was 13, half filled. 13,000. Yeah. But it only holds right. 30. So 28,000 between a possible... Whatever you can get at Colgrove, 20,000, 80,000 at 140,000, we got 25,000. Yeah, but it doesn't We need to be better, but we need to... We, try, of course we do. Listen, we need to try and get more double headers. Even if you had it both at A and Z, I don't care. I'm talking about double header where a fan can come from down from the bush, they can come from Dubbo, and we had four games in Sydney over the weekend. Mm. All right? And we, we, we didn't sell out once. But we went to is Central... probably more realistic. Bank yeah, West, not but so we much. went to Central Coast, we sold out, yep. okay, with a non with a non Sydney team and South Sydney who were going well. I understand that. Canberra, they sold out. These te- we need to come together and you pull trying to get the crowd and atmosphere because nine th- no one likes seeing six thousand at Cogra and nine thousand at ANZ Stadium. And if you're not going to sell out Bank West, there's an opportunity to have more double headers. Pre schedule them. I don't care. Have them at ANZ Stadium. Yeah. Okay. 
It's your sweet or sour segment. I hijacked that. Sorry, Jamie. I just mm. had to defend there a little bit. Mm. It's okay. No worries. Let's get to hit or miss where you can both have your say. All right. We're headed for an NRL grand final rematch. Hit or miss? Hit. All right. The, uh, I said the Roosters were struggling last week. Look at their injuries, and they haven't been playing to the standards that they were this time last year, Katie. But that was the game they were looking forward to. They went down with a mindset. They had to be tough. They're under undermanned, as I mentioned, and they went down and beat one of the form teams in the competition. So I believe this Roosters team has another gear uh, to go, and they are still the best team in the competition. Michael. Hit, unfortunately. I thought if Canberra. Unfortunately. Yeah, I just like to see. I like, you know, a lot of fans like to see something change. Roosters and Melbourne are the best two teams by a long, long way. I thought if the Raiders could jag a win and get a home prelim, they may have been able to get a uh, get in to sneak into the grand final. But going to Melbourne and beating Melbourne and the, playing the Roosters in Sydney. The concerning thing for the Raiders is that they average, I think it's 13 or 14 points per game defensively against uh, everyone else in the competition. When they play the top teams, Katie, mm. they average around 20, 22. So they need okay. to fix up those ones in the big games because you can't be chasing 22 points in a semi-final. There's going to be scores where it's 10-8. You know, yeah. The Roosters will hold you to that. So, um, But Melbourne, outstanding. And congratulations to the Central Coast people. They turned out for a great game of rugby league. Let me ask you this. Who would you rather play, Melbourne in Melbourne in prelim or the Roosters in Sydney? Oh, I think if you can get the Roosters at the SCG, that's mm. you know, not as daunting as going mm. to Melbourne in Melbourne. But both those teams are streets ahead. Manly are right there. South, you know, we're still working out where they're going to come out of this mm. period. But the top two teams by far are Melbourne and the Roosters. OK. Question two. The refs got the sin bins right in round 21. Hit or miss? In, in specific to the Dogs and, and Tigers game, I, mm. I think they didn't, to be honest. I think it's a miss for me. I, I didn't like the fact that they... I know there was an edict sent out halfway through the year to crack down on late shots, and, and, and I agree, there should be a crackdown. But to me, these are borderline. This one probably more so than... Sorry, the, the Chris Smith, Smith one was probably... Uh, I don't think it was a penalty, let alone a sin binning. So we've got to be careful because they got, these guys are going to the line, and Jamie would know, as a half, you sort of go in there expecting to be hit if you're going to take the ball to the line. So this one here was, there was nothing in it. It was, it was milliseconds, so miss from me. Okay. Yeah, miss from me. And, and I didn't like the terminology that referee used when sending both these guys off, that it was late and forceful. We play a contact sport. I think the referee made a mistake. He overreacted to a situation for the call uh, against the playmakers digging right into the line, but that's what you're told to do. And don't forget, we're watching those at slow speed. Yeah, you've got a millisecond to make a decision out there. Those guys did that. Miss for me. I'm not going to go on about it. I think we've had enough with the referees and their critiques this year. Okay, well, I won't ask you then. I was going to ask you. you. You can. But now you I'm can. Just I just think he overreacted. And <laughs> well, to well, say that it was forceful, of course it's going to be forceful. We play uh, contact sport. Okay, I think they well, gave Graham the second Manisley. one because of the first one. Well, that was, that, that was what they said on the ref's ears, was that you don't have to explain it the second time because you did it in the first half. OK, Graham Annesley did speak today at 2 o'clock, as he does, um, about the referees' actions over the weekend. And a journalist actually questioned and said, do you think this game is getting soft? And here's what he said. It was quite funny. If it's game gone soft, bro, of course the game... Um, Matt, oh, what about you put your boots on jersey on and go out and play next weekend? <laughs> and you can tell me, you can tell me after 80 minutes on the field whether the game's gone soft or not. I challenge anyone to uh, to put the, the boots on and run out there and last five minutes in most of these games. It just wouldn't happen. First tackle, you know. We'd be calling for the ambulance for you, I know that. <laughs> and, and probably me as well. <laughs> to, to Brent Reed, that was Reedy, wasn't it? Yeah, Brent Reed, yeah. To his credit, we're not asking journalists to go out and play. We're asking the referees to get the right decision. 
well... So the game... But you both said... The game is getting softer because what we... And, and I wasn't by any means the most physical person to play, I know that, but and taking the ball to the line wasn't my forte. But when you talk about that's going to cost someone two points in a big game. Yeah, but you're talking about sin binning and you're saying that they're soft sin bins and that they overreacted. So you're talking about the game getting soft. Soft sin bins because of the contact that was made before that, Katie. So, yes. so that's the... Yeah, that's yeah, the Yeah, we're question. going too far the other way. Okay. Ponga. He's worth whatever he wants. Hit or miss? Yeah. Hit. Why would you let this kid go? I think North Queensland are looking back now and they would love to have kept him up there. He's the face of the game along with others like Latrell Mitchell. Uh, but this kid, absolutely fantastic. I think going back to fullback. Uh, the only thing that's going to stop Newcastle retaining Callum Ponga is if he wants to stay there if they don't show some improvement. Disappointing this year. Nathan Brown remains on the hot seat in my opinion. Uh, and they won't play finals footy off the back of what was a promising season. So, yes, you pay the man whatever he wants. OK, Michael? Oh, I think the question's... Uh, Kalen, to me, this paints Kalen out to be something that he isn't. I don't, he's not chasing the money. The family's not chasing the money. To them, the priority is staying at a club. He's going to get paid one point whatever it is. 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, whatever it is, he's going to be one of the highest paid players in the game. He'll have endorsements everywhere. It's not an issue. There are other things at play at the moment. So his manager, Wade Rushton, met with the Knights a couple of weeks back in regards to his future. There's no talk from the family in regards to what he wants or what he's expecting. He's, he's well paid at the moment and he'll get well paid over the course of the next five years if how long he wants to stay. The point is, his management deal is up at the end of next year. So his manager's trying to get a deal done before that expires so he can retain Kalen. Whether he stays or not, that decision's with Kalen and his family. So there's a little bit of things that are playing out in the background at the moment that are you know, impacting on what Kalen what we perceive Kalen to want. He's not out there dictating to Newcastle, give me 1.5 where I'm going. So I think it's a bit unfair to say to Kalen that he's going out because he wants to win a comp. If Michael. he takes 1.5 million, Michael. he's not going to take... Should he get paid what he wants, hit or miss? No, I'm, I'm changing the topic because I didn't like it. it will... Oh, my gosh, are you refusing to answer hit or miss? He get, of course, but it's, he's not going to go in there and say, give me this, I'm going. Are he you refusing to, to answer hit or miss? Because you didn't ask the right question. I beg your pardon? He gets, he gets paid what he wants to win a premiership. So if he's going to take 1.5, the Knights aren't going to win a premiership. Okay. He takes up too much of the salary So cap. are you saying so he'll miss? You, he'll get paid one point whatever it is. So he'll get paid whatever he wants? Yes, hit. There you go. Thank you. Got my answer. Let's not have another argument. Talk to you about that after the show. No, <laughs> let's get to chair for chump, gents. A little bit more light-hearted. Cameron Munster. Uh, can we please show him lying on the ground? I thought this was actually quite smart football. Jamie, you um, picked this up in the game and thought we should show this. <laughs> Are you champing or chumping oh, him? Oh, champ, I love it. <laughs> Munster Mash, one of my favourites. Look at that. Does that still count as an obstruction? Old school. Nah, it doesn't because you didn't impede anyone's outside shoulder. <laughs> outside foot. Oh, outside foot. He didn't lead and didn't bump anyone, but uh, of course, he's a champ. Champ, champ. champ. Yeah, champ. Okay. Uh, now, what about his teammate, Felice Kafusi? He got sin-binned and um, put his 10 minutes to good use. Oh, there's even a tune. This is he's pretty, not bad. This he's is pretty quite skillful. talented. Wow. Should have been a basketballer? Or? Oh, <laughs> pretty good footballer, Katie. Champ. Of course, how could you bag anything that they did yesterday to Melbourne Storm? No. Champ for me. Champ. Yeah, On champ. all fronts. Last but not least, uh, we saw the Brisbane Broncos win at the end of the game and Jermaine was so excited after Jake Turpin's try, he actually <laughs> missed the celebration. 
This is a better angle. This is definitely a better shot. Shades Straight of over the oh, top. Shades of Aaron Woods in Origin a few years <laughs> yeah. back there. Whose was worse? Oh, Woodsy for sure. There was, yeah. there was hands were moving, legs were going everywhere. Yeah. That's pretty good. They've all Sweet. forgotten him. He's gone. Jump, um, jump. Jump for me. Jump. Yeah. It was. It was. He's such a lovely guy. I feel like I need a champ. <laughs> Fair dinkum. So good. All right. Uh, before we do let you go, there is the Australia and New Zealand double header at Wynn Stadium, October 25. The tickets have come on sale today. Make sure you go to nrl.com forward slash tickets to purchase that one. That will be incredible. That's uh, only a week after the nines at, at Bank West Stadium too, so you can't get enough rugby league in your life. Uh, next week, we're back on Monday, but before then, tomorrow, Zach Bailey has NRL teams with Jeff Tuvey and Brett Kamal starting at 3.55, so tune into that. Uh, as for that, thanks, gents. We'll be back again next Monday. Until then, have a good one.